From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. We have ongoing updates about the shooting that happened in Kansas City. As we get more information coming in, we'll let you guys know about it. Locally, Alaska Airlines, a bunch of people are talking about striking. Yeah, the flight attendants. Flight attendants, which is bad news for me because I got a flight coming up. (laughs) Tucker Carlson had some interesting thoughts about a fascist state and how nice it is. And also, Paul went to a local flower garden to hang out with his best friend. So, Tucker Carlson was speaking at some world economic. Where was he speaking, Spike? He's Davos. Davos. Yeah. And he, he goes, he's up on stage he's front, in front of a bunch of people. And as everybody knows, Tucker Carlson was just embarrassed earlier, I think it was last week, by Vladimir Putin. Oh, if you, I watched deeper into the video because you, you, you watched the whole thing. I watched and, the whole two and hours. And I, I said it lasted about 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. I, and I just couldn't do it anymore. I went back and watched more. And there was a portion where, I mean, I've never seen anybody uh, eviscerated. What's the right word? Um, de- de- emasculated? Emasculated. emasculated. I mean, filleted by telling Tucker Carlson. I don't know if we have any audio, but it'd be, it'd be subtitled anyway. It'd be translated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically says, you know, you tried to join the CIA, but you weren't good enough to right, join the yeah, CIA. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just totally. He took it. Oh. Yeah. So I my read of that whole debacle was basically Vladimir Putin playing with Tucker Carlson for laughs. Yeah. yeah. Because it just was embarrassing for Tucker Carlson in almost every single way, shape, and form. And rather than just taking the L of giving a fascist basically a platform to speak for two hours and embarrassing yourself, he decided to double down on it, which is really interesting. And I think it also goes to show how Tucker relies on feelings rather than facts more often than not, because we're going to contrast what he says versus what's actually going on. But he said that Moscow is so much nicer. I got the audio if you want. Yeah, let's hear it, my friend. Let's hear it. What was radicalizing, very shocking and very disturbing for me was the city of Moscow, where I'd never been, the biggest city in Europe, 13 million people. And it is so much nicer than any city in my country. I had no idea. My father spent a lot of time there in the 80s when he worked for the U.S. government and barely had electricity. And now it is so much cleaner Clean, and safer safe, and prettier aesthetically. Pretty. It's architecture, it's food, it's service than any country, city in the United States that you have to. And this is not ideological. So I understand what Mr. Carlson was trying to do. I guess when you're embarrassed that bad, it's almost like a UFC fighter who was talking a bunch of trash and then he loses and he says, he's a great fighter. Oh, he's yeah, a great fighter. He's, he's a really great fighter. Oh, he's really, you know, he understands that. So the problem with what Tucker is saying is that in one statistic, this is true. Russia has a very surprisingly low murder rate. Okay. It's lower than the United States. At four, is at that, four, do they take uh, people Putin murders out of the number to lower They it? most certainly do, Mr. <laughs> O'Neill, because so. the F. SB categorizes what can be determined to be a oh, murder. Oh, they write the number? They do write the number. Uh-huh. Isn't that so <laughs> fun? Uh, so Russia has a sincere problem with drug trafficking. It's, it's such a significant problem because most of the drugs that go into Russia are very hard drugs from the southern federation states of Russia. Oh, wow. So Which often border c- countries that are growing Opium, okay, heroin, yeah, cocaine, opiates, yeah, okay. Uh, more often than not, the Sicilian mafia has ties in Russia, specifically to Russian officials, because that's how they traffic drugs and people into Russia. Russia has one of the worst human trafficking 
uh, uh, problems within its borders because what often happens is that people are trying to get into Europe. They're trying to migrants are trying to get into Europe, right? And so, but they actually end up in Russia, and you have men, women, and children who are all trafficked into Russia. But that doesn't matter because the streets are clean. So if you think oh arms trafficking, how could I forget about that one? <laughs> one of the biggest problems. Did Tucker not see anyone during his thirty-six hour visit? Is that what it was? I guess that's what it they was. They cleaned up the streets of Moscow for Tucker. So, this is this is part. Uh, go ahead. I mean, to cut you uh, off. Oh, I, you've got it. You've got issues with poaching of endangered species, not to mention the corruption, by the way. But here's the funny thing about it: uh, in Russia's criminal legislation, if you look up the laws, corruption isn't actually a a prosecutable offense. Isn't that so funny? Uh, but at least the streets are clean and the service is good. Am I right or am I right? Uh, it's part of the, it's supporting the overall narrative that uh, you know Democrats bad, mm-hmm. Russia good, Russia good, Putin good. Demi- he Smith. Than any city in my country, because you point to the big American cities led by Democrats, part of the narrative. Right. And, and those are all true. We've got troubles in our bigger cities. Our bigger cities tend to be democratically led. I get all that. But this, the whole, everything, Russia, Russia's okay is the overarching narrative we're pushing here. Right. So the most accurate data you can get is from third-party NGOs who work with victims. Non-government organizations. Non-government organizations who work with victims who have been raped or who have been trafficked or who have been trying to get their way out of Russia. There's a statistic that came out of Russia from uh, 2004, which was talking about how 77% of all violent offenses in Russia are brought on by alcoholism and drug use, but at least it's safe and clean. So you have high rates of drug addiction, high rates of alcoholism in the fine country of, and you also have migrant issues. You've got people hunting endangered species. You've got corruption that you can't even talk about on the books. As a matter of fact, Russia was ranked 143rd out of 179 countries for corruption by third-party NGOs. That's bad. That's not good. But at least the service is ah. As Spike likes to say. Uh, (laughs) The room service in Moscow. Oh, oh, so good. The service in Russia is just, oh, so good, is it? So so I guess Tucker just trusted the, the Putin press kit he got. Yeah. About the stats he wanted oh. to relate to the American audience. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. I mean, it's just embarrassing to hear him say that because a simple Google search and like a modicum of research will show that he's not only is he wrong, but he's relying on how it made him feel. Now, what's funny about this is that often what happens in North Korea, as an example, when they bring over diplomats, you, you've, you've seen the documentary. Yes, yes. They have fake stores. They have fake computer labs. Right, they right. have fake factories. And they show the diplomats. They say, look at how cultural we are yeah. even though the technicians in the computer lab they just sit there with windows open they don't actually do anything. And they're just kind of banging like banging on keys and nothing's happening <laughs> i just don't understand how anybody could say to me with a straight face that carlson is a good actor in any way shape or form all right that was fun alaska airlines flight attendants have authorized a strike which is bad news for me because i have a flight uh next friday next friday next friday that i need to be on well flight attendants say they currently they're paid for time spent in the air yeah it's a really that's awful the only loophole. that's the only measurable you know salary they get is and they're, they're they're compensated but they want to be paid every hour they're on the job yeah and that doesn't seem unfair to me. That sounds like, it's, it, to me, that makes about the same amount of logic as if you're a bartender, you only get paid for the time when you're pouring Actually drinks. pouring alcohol. Yes. Like a football player. <laughs> right. We'll pay you for the 15 <laughs> seconds per minute you actually play. Right, Paul. I mean, like, you're a producer, mm-hmm. and you, you, you gather a bunch of, basically, it would be like saying to you, 
uh, you're only getting paid for the times that you're standing in front of the printer, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. This doesn't make it. There's so much that goes into it and you have to sacrifice so much of your life to work in this industry, let alone traveling, staying and commuting and all that stuff for it to just be airtime. And I mean, that might be limited by how many, does that mean to get an eight hour day and you only are on? It's actually how how many many flights you miles, How many miles you log in air. It's how they measure the pay scale for flight attendants. And this flight attendant I heard interviewed on the news said, look, you know, the, the last month, a panel popped out of a plane and they cited the crew and how heroic yes, and professional right. they were yes. and how they managed this emerged situation. Well, for heroes, as we've been called, at least pay us a living wage. So I am trying to avert full communist takeover in the United States, right? Okay. And I am basically I'm fighting a one man army at this point in time <laughs> because here's why I try to explain to people that when you devalue employees and you treat them like trash and when you treat them like garbage, eventually over time it gets to the point where them, their kids or their grandkids hear about it enough to the point where when Bernie Sanders comes in and says everybody needs to be in a union and everybody needs free health care, that includes vision and dental and we're going to fight for it. That's a lot more appealing than you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is why I advocate for capitalists to say we have to treat our employees well. But what the feedback I get from people is just a stream of propaganda. Well, you tell me how much is labor actually that, worth, oh. Jack Stein? What, uh, how much is so flipping hamburgers? I get a hundred million people to flip hamburgers. I need a, there's only a million people out there that can run a business. Okay. Keep that logic up. And in 15 years, you will have a socialist revolution in the United States. How do I know this? Because this is what happens about every hundred years throughout American history, ever since the invention of the idea of communism or the invention of the idea of redistributionist programs. This comes up time and time again. When you treat people poorly, they turn to the state to provide for them. Either it can be capitalism in all of its glory, monopoly man, Everything that we love about it, right. or it can be the state, and you can either side with megacorps and say, yeah, human beings are worth $7.25 an hour, or you can side with people like me who say, those people deserve more money, pay them more money, you can afford an air, if you can buy another airline, you can pay somebody an additional $5. So That's you, all I'm so saying. So you've, you've done much more studying on this than I have. So aren't these... Every hundred years cycles toward toward revolution. Yeah, it's, 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 about, it's about every hundred. Doesn't years, always yeah. come on the heels of of, of, of abusing the workforce and always. the common man. Always. So when we have always. record record corporate profits, when we have the the division of wealth in this country becoming wider and wider and wider mm-hmm. between tax breaks for billionaires mm-hmm. and CEOs making four hundred times what their employees make, whereas twenty years ago it was forty times mm-hmm. what your employees make. As the gap gets wider, that's when people get. Unsatisfied, yeah. shall and we pushing us toward that? Shall we do a little political theory? I'd love shall that. we do yeah. a little bit of G.W. Hegel? Who was he? Why did he have theories about labor, and why is he the father of Marxism and communism and socialism? Hegel was a philosopher in Germany, and he was the guy who inspired Marx to Karl go out, Marx. Yeah, to go out and write Das Kapital. Okay, he, he wrote. Okay, go away, Mozart. Uh, Hegel <laughs> wrote a lot about a lot of different topics. But he's primarily known for his discourse that involves the – he called it the, the master-slave dialectic okay. or the lord and bondsman dialectic. And to summarize a $40,000 education for everybody out there, basically all it means is that the way that societies progress is when you have the oppressor and the oppressed. And the oppressor can never fully understand what it means to be uh, the oppressed. 
Does that make sense? Sure. And so the oppressed has to come and take over the role of the oppressor in order for there to be any societal shift or change. That's as basic as I can put it. Now, Marx took that ideology and he said it was the bourgeois and the proletariat because the proletariat can never understand, excuse me, the bourgeois can never possibly hope to understand what the proletariat is going through. Right. What a day-to-day struggle of just staying alive. The day-to-day struggle. Right. And so every socialist revolution is predicated on that concept. So when people come to me and they shill for Elon Musk or they shill for these mega corporations and they say, Jack, you don't know, Mark Cuban knows more about running a business than he might. He might, but I'll tell you that the person who's making $7.25 an hour, they don't care. So they're either going to get it one way or they're going to get it the other way. And all of the evidence is on my side. It's not on your side. It's on mine. Because if we go back 100 years ago, what was going on? You go back 100 years before that, what was going on? It happens regularly. Time is a flat circle. Nietzsche was something of a prophet. So, Paul. (laughs) Well, before we move on, getting back to our earlier point and closer to home for you. Yeah. Because you might be staying home. Yes. uh, 99.45% of... uh, Flight attendants voted to strike. And they should spend their yeah. time <clears throat> at the Flower Festival. <laughs> so, Paul, you went to the, what is it, the Northwest Flower Garden? You were you yeah. went to make friends, right? Well, I'm, I was going for uh, some inspiration as I'm trying to learn a little bit more about gardening myself. Really? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I finally, I've moved every year uh, since my freshman year of college, and I'm oh. finally planning on staying in the same house okay, for more for than a year. And now you're going to make it a little more homey. Yeah, like, okay. and, and and me and my, you know, as me and my fiance are doing things and, and getting ready. It's spring, so I was thinking, what do what do we need to get prepared for? And uh, going down here this week from today through Sunday at the uh, convention center in downtown. It this is a the, big new fancy convention center, right? I, it's actually this one is in the, the, the original, the original. Okay, one, I okay. believe. Yeah. Okay. So there might be some connections. It's kind of honestly confusing. It's Sometimes it's massive how big it is. But uh, I, I I got a really great tour yesterday, and it, it it's just something if you're looking for ideas and uh, just to see how talented some gardeners are uh and i wanted to first uh, just give set the scene from marianne Venetti, uh my really charismatic tour guide from yesterday here it is spring two months early and it is full of fragrance and flowers and tons of information it's entertainment on an epic scale but also you can actually get practical advice there's so many experts under one roof entertainment at an epic scale is a little it's a little (laughs) flowery it's a little flowery in and of itself i'd say i liked it it's a little uh entertainment on an epic scale is lord of the rings the director's (laughs) yeah I just right. saw that last couple of those. See, <laughs> entertainment at an epic scale is Shen Yun. You know what I mean? Where okay. you're watching people do backflips like 30 times in a row. That's entertainment. The Ringling Brothers is entertainment. Okay, Cirque du Soleil. Uh, sure. Azalea's yeah, yeah. is a, a couple notches down <laughs> from that. I know your audience. It depends on who you're at. There are some right? serious. I know your audience. Uh, I mean, this is it's uh, one of the biggest ones, I think. I can't remember if it's in the country or the region, but it's, it is huge. There's going to be over 20 gardens that you can check out. And, and I got to see a bunch of them. And, and man, there are just some really creative people. There's one where they built a natural structure. I don't want to spoil what the animal is, but they build a structure to look like a big animal. Uh, I learned that there's natural hot tubs that people, that's kind of a fad. Natural of, hot uh, tubs. You build your own type of hot tub that you heat yourself. And yeah. You yeah. You know See? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what was the, were there? Can we focus on these hot tubs for just a yeah, quick okay. second? Yeah. Fun. <laughs> are, are they stone by? Ch- is it looked like, like a, wood. Just a, a wood. Oh. It kind of looked like, uh, 
don't know. It looked kind of like a cool. It looked like a cooler standing up for a little bit. Just one person kind of sitting in a box. Oh wait, just nice one little, person? Yeah, it was just, uh, built for one. There's unless no- if you're, unless if you want to get. You know, real, real close, which you might be. So there's just to be totally clear about this, there was not a single example of two people in a hot tub, not a single. No, thing. but in the in the deep pool uh, garden, that, that was also a different garden. There, You could have multiple people in, in that one. Mm. Okay, <laughs> but now you have my interest. <laughs> uh, but it's a really cool thing for uh, what was well, it? Was it more landscaping? So it ideas? is landscaping uh, is a big part of it. But uh, God, you're lonely on Valentine's Day. You really are, Jack. It's terrible. I'm so lonely. I have two Marvin Gaye drops I can use. That's how lonely I am. <laughs> uh, but actually, I asked that. Um, and no, they have a whole section dedicated for people that uh, are... Uh, in apartments or right. balconies okay. or yeah, we don't home have yards. We don't have yeah, homes. exactly. So it, it is definitely not just that. And uh, actually, if you're curious and you do want to learn some stuff, it was a, a, education is kind of the big theme. They want people mm. to be prepared before they make their garden. Actually, here, um, let me see. I'm going to play this one real quick just to, to kind of set the stage there. Well, the research is important because if you fail, you will not want to keep gardening. So we really encourage people to get a little bit of knowledge just so that they know the basics and then their their plant will thrive and then they'll be growing into more of a gardener. Oh, I love this. That's yeah. so sweet. So you're going to see these gardens and you're kind of going to be a little intimidated because these are professionals who have been working now for days on these. And right. I mean, these, these have pools. These are gardens that have everything in the middle of the convention center. But really, they want to just teach you, hey, let's teach you about your uh, about gardening. And, and yeah, and it's alive. Exactly. And on Saturday, you can go for free. There's, uh, You don't have really? to go uh, and buy a ticket. You can there, for, for some classes. You'll have to buy a oh, ticket okay. to go to see, the, the uh, to see the event. But they will be doing some free seminars on Saturdays. Just basic stuff. How do you take care of this plant? How do you take care of this plant? How do you grow your succulents? How, and, and a big thing, too, is they're teaching people how to uh, go for native plants and make their water features more accessible to pollinators and basically have your garden give back to the wildlife around your home. Can so. we circle back to the hot tub thing real quick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, the most I'm, important part. I was just thinking about, when you, you mentioned balconies. Are you saying that these hot tubs could potentially go on a balcony? If you have a big enough balcony, this one could. But the whole idea of this one was to escape into a serene right. garden oh. where you're outside. It, it was like naturally, like, I can't remember how they warm up the hot tub because it's not just like your, your traditional one. But yeah, it had a little like smokestack. So I think you put some wood. And, a wood-fired oh. personal yeah, hot tub yeah, at home? Like that. Wow. Yeah. Don't try that in your apartment, Jack. And I'm everything's for sale, too. Like a lot of the stuff, if you, <laughs> if you do see some stuff that you like, especially flowers and plants. Contractors there, right? Yeah. yeah. You can and, hire them and up. they're going to answer a bunch of your questions. That's awesome. So, uh, right. Prime time to get your garden. Mrs. Zonio can kill any plant I bring home. Oh, I love that. I mean, she's got the blackest she's got thumbs. The black thumb. Unbelievable. That's so I, maybe we'll get down this weekend. We'll take a really quick break. Thanks for that rundown, Paul. That was amazing. I'm going to have to go check out some sweet hot tubs. So uh, <laughs> we'll take a really quick break when we get back. Oh, yeah, we're finally now going to get to the Nikki Haley cut where she was making fun of Trump for his old age. And I say, I don't like it. I don't like it making fun of, oh, wait a minute, I do it. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of Nikki, stay whoops, in your lane. Whoops. Uh, and also, a Democrat took over a seat that was vacated by, what do you call George Santos um, as a man? Oh, well. What do you that, say about I, I back that up a couple feet, too. Right. A, a mistake, a, a corrected That's error. That's a good way of putting yeah. that. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. Check us out on our YouTube channel. 
the Jack and Spike Show, which is separate from the Cairo Radio YouTube channel. And you can subscribe, and you can like, and you can comment. And I'll delete the comments that I don't like because my <laughs> ego is fragile, and I need to protect it at all costs. I said that out loud. So, Spike, I heard a quote from a friend of mine at a certain point in time who he attributed it to somebody, but I wasn't listening. He said that a man never forgets the first time he is called old. You ever heard that before? Uh, I haven't. Yeah, you, but it's, it's true. Right. Yeah. Trust man, me, I tell you, it is true. A man never forgets the first time he is called old, which is why when I look at people who are talking about Joe Biden, talking about Donald Trump, I wonder to myself if it's impactful. We are. We have two men, one of whom is 140 years old and mm-hmm. the other one is about to be 79. How old is Trump? He's going to be 78. He'll be 78. So, right. Yeah. So we have two guys who are basically geriatrics at this point in time. Uh, They both have a fairly similar amount of flubs to them. It seems as if whatever cocktail Donald Trump is on is causing him some kind of mental decline. I think we can all say that, Hmm. right? Okay. I say that as a statement of opinion, not a statement of fact for legal reasons. Right. But clearly, he he is misremembering sequence of events. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even remember who he ran against in 2016. He often says that he ran against Obama. And then he says that he he says that because Hillary wasn't the real candidate. But if you listen to him, the actual quote of him talking about it, he's actually said he's talking about Obama. He's not doing a stand in bit. It is literally him talking yeah. about Obama. And it's, it's not nothing new for the former president to misspeak. He once said we won the Revolution War because we had the airports. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. In 1778. You know, it's funny about that story. Joe Rogan falsely attributed that on his podcast to Joe Biden and right. then was corrected live on the air by his producer, Jamie. And then it was so embarrassing for Joe Rogan, but he's a leader when it comes to our intellectual <laughs> elites. So, uh, Nikki Haley came out and she decided that she was going to go after Trump for his cognitive decline. Now, at this point in time, I have to say, is this not fair game? Because this is the number one criticism of Joe Biden, who was around uh, right around the time that John Quincy Adams was being born. Right. I mean, (laughs) he did. He did. And Biden's leading into this. He said last week, uh, my friend uh, Jimmy Madison. Right. When he wrote the uh, the Federalist Papers, right, good you know, friend of mine. I thought I heard a joke the other day. It's actually a true story. Biden has been in government for so long that when they announced his victory in in the Senate yeah. the first time he was elected, it was in black and white. In, oh, the wow. TV coverage on the, on the local television yeah. coverage. In it was in yeah. black and white. He was if, the youngest senator in to serve when he was first elected. That's right. how long he's been in, in service. He went from being the youngest to being the oldest. Right, and ever. at the time, George Washington was like, "Welcome aboard, young <laughs> sure. man." Right. So, who uh, works on your teeth? I got a guy with wood. He's <laughs> great at this. <laughs> got, got a nice set of oak in here right now. Can I recommend a powdered wig instead of a comb over, Joe? Because it's not working. So, uh, here's what Nikki Haley had to say on. I believe this is on a good, or this is on today. Yeah, the Today Show. Here's what yep. it sounded like. Before, when he did it, it was during the 2016 election. Everybody thought, oh, did he have a slip? What what did that mean? The problem now is he is not the same person he was in 2016. He is unhinged. He is more diminished than he than he was. I just wanted to give a little context to the beginning of that quote. Uh, uh, the question was about attacks on the military. This was, uh, mm. of course, Trump saying, where is Nikki Haley's uh, husband? Where's Nikki Haley's husband? As he's out yeah, uh, yeah. You know, doing doing some uh, service for a year. And so basically that's what she's saying. Uh, the, the first time we were wondering if he made a mistake when attacking military and is military Is Nikki families. Haley's husband serving right now? Nikki Haley's husband is in the South Carolina National Guard. He is serving right now. in the it's, And it's not in a combat <laughs> zone. I, I'm not certain. It literally, he is serving in... Uh, He's in Africa, I believe. Cape yeah. Good, Cape really? Cornwall's, yeah. He is, yeah. He is deployed 
doing through the National service. Guard. Okay, yes. so, so Nikki. Well, then Nikki Ellie comes out and says, "Attack on one service member is an attack on all service members." Eh, okay, Nikki, eh. but but when he did this to the Gold Star family in '16, you went and served in his administration. Sure. So right, and I, and I got to credit the uh, who's the I don't know Jordan Klepper who's filling for okay. the Daily Show. Yeah, he says, "Nikki, Nikki, Nikki, bad play. You, you're inconsistent." If he says, "If he says, where's your husband?" You say, "Where's your wife?" Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. He said, "Come on." You know. You, you take the gloves off. Why can't we get back to the good old days of of gentlemanly insults, right? A right. good a good Queensberry rules, toes on the line, gentlemen. You know, we're just sure Queensberry rules. Right. None of the, I I don't like the whole we're going after kids, we're going after wives, we're going after husbands world that we're in right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely, we absolutely are. The yeah. only the Horrible. like like for instance, it's remember what who was it? Was it it was Peter Fonda? Who's, oh, no, it was the son. It was uh, the younger Fonda. What's his name? Is that Peter? P- Peter's the kid. Peter's the kid. Sorry. Henry Fonda's kids, yeah, Jane yeah. Peter. Yeah. Did you, did you read what he wrote about Baron Trump? No. Oh, it no. Was during the, uh, it was during the, the immigration debacle, Trump's second year. Peter Fonda tweets out something like, Baron needs to be put in prison with large men who will assault him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. But now we see people doing it to Hunter Biden. Well, they've been after Hunter forever. You see people doing it to all of Trump's kids, well, they, who they some of whom. I, I know it's still. It well, seems really rough to to do this to people because now politics is lost. Okay, so there's this myth in American politics about uh, that they were hiding the fact that Roosevelt was in a wheelchair. Have you heard this myth? Mm-mm. It's something that's, that history teachers lie to children about in the fifth grade when they learn about Theodore or not Theodore uh, oh, Franklin FDR. Delano. Yeah. They say that, uh, oh, well, they hid the fact that he was in a wheelchair, right? This is why he was never fo- – that's not true. The fact of the matter is is it was considered to be ungentlemanly at the time to point out or insult somebody who suffered from polio. So they no one ever brought it up, not in any debate. No one ever questioned right. his merit because everybody knew somebody who had been affected by polio. Isn't that so great? Why can't we get back to that society where we don't make fun of whoever for whatever reason? Because bullying has been now seen as a, a sign of strength. Well, you know, uh, I mean, to, to, we talked about Tucker earlier being all crazy about Putin because we love a good strong man. Sure. And Trump sees that Trump wants to be a good strong man. You know, I mean, Roosevelt, Roosevelt contracted polio in his early 30s. Yes. So his entire political career, he was in a wheelchair. Correct. He was elected four times because he did the job. Right. Got us out of depression, saved, right. saved the planet in World War II, ended fascism in Europe. Well, I mean, he died before all that was done and over But with, it was just about, he was at, the, you know, right. at the very end of it. And we all know who killed him, are we right or right? Best Truman. I was going no, to say Big Pharma. Oh, Big Pharma, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You had a better joke. Anyway, uh, so there's this uh, story that's coming out of New York about how there's a Democrat who beat, uh, or he got, he won the seat for, that was vacated by George Santos. Right. Now, if you don't remember who George Santos was, he was kind of this weird shapeshifter who... <laughs> was gay, but he didn't want to be gay, right. and he was a MAGA Republican, mm-hmm. but he was also, there was photos of him cross-dressing. He, and was, it, he had done drag he earlier had done in his drag, life. And then, but his name wasn't really George Santos. Right, and that, was a, that was a, a professional name. Professional, and he was the, he had led a company at some point in time. He went to went to college on a volleyball scholarship. He Harvard was executive producer for the Broadway production of Spider-Man yeah. at one point in time. I mean, the guy lied about everything about who he was to his constituents. Compulsively so. Right. And, and that was, But that wasn't bad enough to kick him out of Congress. No. When, when it finally a report came out saying that he had misappropriated campaign funds. Oh, there we got to draw a line. Then they, and the Republicans finally kicked him out of Congress. Now, Republicans, having had McCarthy retire, 
and Santos kicked out have what was already a thin ma- ma- majority thin. in the House. So this seat was it was a very important seat right. for House Republicans. And you got this guy, Tom Susie, who was a three-time representative from that district, yep. went on to run for governor and lose. Yeah. Um, and Santos got the seat. Biden won it by eight points in 20. Santos won it by eight points in 22. Yeah. So this was a pretty big bellwether as to what's going to happen. Is immigration yeah. going to land yeah. with the voting public? And the Democrat kicked the, the Republican candidate by about eight, nine points. Right. So it swung back over. So that's that's why it mattered. I always appreciated the, the commentators who were transparent about it when they just said, don't kick out Santos because we need that we seat. We need the seat. We right. And that's, seat. that's why $22 million was spent in this one little wow. U.S. between the two parties. Wow. $22 million for one seat in Congress. That's how important the margin is. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. We didn't get to know stupid questions earlier, but we shall be doing it now uh, to wrap up the show. So we'll do a couple questions. You got any questions for us? Hey, why aren't you guys talking about this story? Why aren't you talking about that story? 888-973-5476 is the place to ask us. We'll be right back right after this. There are no stupid questions. There are only stupid answers. Ah, yes. My favorite segment of the show that we had to move around to a different place in the show where we get to answer questions from the audience. And uh, you can text us 888-973-5476. It's so weird for me to do it at this time of day because normally we do it at 145. Paul, uh, what do the people want to know about today as we wrap up the show? A couple of quick ones here from 425. Stupid question. What is the intro song for Cringer Based? Oh, that is Tame Impala's uh, The Less I Know the Better. So highly, that record is just really, really good. I recommend Tame Impala's. The first two records are really, really good. The third record is not so good. I uh, second the recommendation of listening uh, to that record. Yes, because Paul is a man of exquisite taste. Very good album. Very good record. Uh, Staying in that same uh, context here, 206 asks, you use the term based. What context are you using? (laughs) So... Based is internet slang from about 14 years ago where it it originated because it was a shorthand on message boards for, instead of saying it's based in truth or that's that is an opinion that's based in fact men and women just started saying based and so when it, it has morphed over a decade or so to now just be like a positive affirmation. So now it less means that and it's more so if you agree with somebody, you just say base. Or if it's good, it's If it's based. good, it's base. Kind of like it, cool. Synonymous with cool, I y- would say. Yeah, but like this is really deep internet culture that is basically now, now just bubbling up to the surface. So if you go back to the guys who originated that phrase, they hate hearing people say it. Outside of those message boards. Well, I, you said it's about 14, 15 years 14 old. Years I learned old. it 14, 15 days ago. Yeah, so, I know. So, right. So, thanks for bringing me along. But it's it's if you hear kids say it, if something is based, generally what they mean is that it's correct or that it's, it is a good thing. And then if something is cringe, it's cringe-inducing. It's bad. Okay. Uh, I have a, one uh, also coming from 206 here. I was wondering what your thoughts are on transcranial magnetic stimulation to treat depression and PTSD. Oh, yeah. So I had that done. Do you know what that is? What is it called again? Trans- Transcranial magnetic stimulation to treat depression and PTSD. Is that magnets on your head? Kind of. It's electrical impulses that oh, okay. they put through okay. your brain. And it is... Do they make I, you bite that rubber thing in your mouth no, first? No, it's no. Not it's, that it's a more severe. of a passive kind okay. of... So I have had some friends of mine who have done... I did it. It did not work for me. Okay. But other people have had great uh, uh, effects from it. With depression, when you're trying to treat clinical depression or PTSD... It's the kind of thing where you have to accept that it's going to be a journey, and it's never going to be just one thing. Okay. I, I know a lot of people that have had a lot of success with ketamine therapy. A lot of people have, have had a lot of success with 
a psilocybin, which I would know nothing about and would never joke about and would never mention on this show because we do a G-rated show. Sure. And even if I had experience in that, an extensive experience, I would not comment on it because that would be wrong. That's right? absolutely right. That's Thank you so much. Yeah. So, more, uh, more cat than ketamine yeah. in this show. And so, and I, know, I know people who have used ketamine. Uh, I've known people who use uh, uh, psilocybin. I know people who have used MDMA therapies, but it's always in a clinical setting and it's always under the supervision of a physician. So I recommend anybody who wants to try that. I think any, any recognition of the Depression is a good thing. Very good. Any yeah. kind of treatment. You, I mean, whether it's seeking therapy, whether it's electro, what do you call magnetic therapy? Transcranial magnetic stimulation. That's fine. If it works for you, give it a try. I, I'm, I'm all for puppies, man. I'm, I make that lightheartedly, but I can't tell you the difference that a pet makes in a person's life. Yeah. You know, the accountability, the companionship, the empathy. Caring for another another living creature. Yeah. You know, the, the unmitigated, unconditional love of a pet when you get home at the end of the day does a, wonders for depression. I had a really good friend of mine who years and years and years after the fact, he admitted to me that for about four years of his life, he was horribly suicidal. And the only thing that got him through it was he had a, a couple of little wiener dogs. Yeah. And he said, I just woke up every day and said, I got to be here for them. Yep, they and need me. That's you what bet. kept him Whatever alive. It takes you, man. And Whatever. that's what got him through yep. the depression. Yep. And that's why he has a bunch of wiener dogs now. So. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, because he's just keeping it going. All right. Well, that was your show for today. Andrew, A-plus job with all the, the stuff we had to move around today. Yeah. Excellent. Nate Connors, best-looking guy in the building. Oh, look, I appreciate that. Look at that jaw. I know. Line. Look at so, so been, masculine. Yeah. Gritting like, my teeth a lot lately. Paul, thanks for sitting in today, my friend. Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, letting me talk flowers. A-plus. Spike, I'll give you a solid C-plus today. Thanks, pal. I thought you did a pretty good job today. A couple of dro- Dropped the ball a couple times. A couple times. But you made it up. Thanks, And buddy. that's what counts. I've been doing homework. It's good. <laughs> Here's your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? That's bad. That's not good. But at least the service is ah, as Spike likes to say. Uh, oh. <laughs> the room service in Moscow. Ah. Uh.